Hi everyone, happy Wednesday. It's me, Gabby. It feels like I've been away for so long, but it's really just been like a day. Um, and I've been busy until now. But today, right now, I want to talk about classics. I'm quite a big fan of classics. It's a genre that I read a lot from and that I aspire to read more of. So today I want to talk about firstly my favorite classics and then also talk about 10 classics that I'd like to get to because I haven't and I totally should. So starting out with classics that I read, I'm going to stay first and foremost that I read classics but they're mostly modern classics. That's the sort of book that I read, um, books that are set in the mid 1900s or even earlier later around that time just you know 1900s 20th century i usually don't go past that time um but there are exceptions also i wanted to quickly mention i'm not including agatha christie even though it is of that timeline um but agatha christie is generally more categorized as mystery rather than classic. Anyways, um, my first favorite book I have to mention is, in fact, my favorite book of all time, and that is The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. I just love Ray Bradbury and this book and all of its stories. It's a short story collection, as you can probably guess, set in Mars, but it's the colonization of Mars and humanity living on Mars, and you can really see the rawness, I want to say. It's not raw. People aren't. They're, you know, they have their skin, clothes, and bodies and whatnot. But you can see the authenticness of humanity since it's set away from Earth. It's just genius, and I love, I love Bradbury. I love him. And this book is awesome, and so that's my first favorite as you can tell I love it and I would suggest that if you like classics and science fiction definitely read this like just go ahead and read it that'd be great thanks another Ray Bradbury because he is a master and a genius um is Fahrenheit 451 it's a classic it's a classic classic but it's for good reason I mean the story is amazing it's one of the few books like the few novels that Ray Bradbury wrote most of his works is just short stories but this one is great it has a beautiful message as awesome um, super memorable quotes and I mean I love Ray Bradbury even though I've only read two of his books both of them have made it to my favorites so I mean if you haven't already go ahead do it read him, enjoy him, bask in his greatness. Third is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. It's another sci-fi classic, but this one's a bit more obscure, and it's like jumping in timelines, and it's also a historical uh, piece of writing because it's set in World War II, and it has aliens, and it's amazing. Okay, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll is one of the few classics that I've read that are of the 1800s, but this one is just stands the test of time. I love it, and it's absolutely adorable and whimsical and a bit crazy, but in the best possible way. 
Next, a uh, short story, The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. If you ever read it, it's like super, super short. Like, it, it won't even take an hour of your day. So, read it, and it's like the best conclusion ever. Okay. And I know that I w- wasn't going to do this, but I have to briefly mention And Then There Went On by Agatha Christie. It is the best mystery book, suspense, crime, thriller, all of those. And it's worth the title of a classic because you couldn't possibly top it. And lastly, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I love this book because it has like a deeper message and it was completely revolutionary in all aspects from the science fiction in it to the female author. But anyways, that's all the time we have. In my next segment, I'll talk about my TBR. Hi everyone, this is part two and this is also the second time I'm recording this because the first time I could not finish in five minutes. So I'm going to just briefly mention these 10 books, these 10 classics that I just really need and want and should and would love to read. So here we go. The first one is Peter Pan by J.M. Barry, which I already own. It's a beautiful edition, so why wouldn't I read it? Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. By the way, these are in no particular order. But anyways, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Um, I already own this book, and it seems like more relevant than ever because consumerism is a lie. The Trial by Franz Kafka. And I also have the movie, so I get to do both. Watch it after I read it. It's great. I love it. Go me. The Stranger by Albert Camus. Um, yeah. Frankly, I don't really know what this is about, but the... the, Yeah, I still want to read it. Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. This is a bigger classic, which is why I'm a bit daunted by it, but I've heard it compared to um, its writing style to be like Kurt Vonnegut and Slaughterhouse-Five, and I'm all for it, because like I mentioned previously, that's one of my favorites. So I will be reading this in the near future. Next, The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. What more do I have to say? I haven't read it. I'm sorry. I disappoint. I've, I've just, I've disappointed myself, in fact. Next, two lady authors, because we must represent. The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, which sounds fascinating. The whole premise, the whole idea of it, like this young woman of my age with so much to live for such a bright future ahead of her but then her mind just goes haywire and it sounds awesome frankly and sad and i hope it's not as depressing as her poems and you know her life yay the bell jar woo rebecca by daphne du maurier this sounds like an awesome epic book like to be completely honest um yeah it's like this romancy sort of style of book but really it's like this creepy intense suspenseful thriller and i'm here for it the day of the triffids by john wyndham which i think that i would have read it earlier but i can't find it in my library like anywhere near me i feel like it only lives on the internet um so unless uh or eventually i'll purchase it i'll go and intentionally purchase it online Um, with a purpose of reading it, but hopefully that'll be soon. Yeah. And finally, I wanted to mention this book because 
no one really knows about it, but it's very special, very near and dear to my heart, even though I haven't read it, but I, I know it is. It's titled Another Day of Life. Excuse me, Another Day of Life. Sorry about that. By an author I cannot pronounce. I, I would be offending so many people if I attempt to pronounce this. It's, I'm, I'm sorry, but you'll know what it is. It's a modern classic. It was written in 1976, Another Day of Life, and it's special because it's, I'm not sure if it's a fictionalized account. I think it's like that. It's a fictionalized account or even a nonfiction book about the war in Angola during the 70s, um, which is very special to me because not only did my father fight in Angola during the 80s, the, the late 80s, but my grandfather also fought before him in Angola during the 70s. So it's basically the narration and the story of when he was fighting, of this period of his life while he was there in this foreign country far, far, far away from home. And it's like the first insight, the first look that I'll ever get to see about his life back then. And I just find it awesome that I, I was able to find a book like this because I've been trying to find books set in Angola which if you have any um, ideas, let me know. And there's very few uh, so far as I've found. But this book is set during the perfect period of time. So anyways, that's it. That's everything I wanted to talk to you about. Hello, everyone. Before I sign off for tonight, I wanted to briefly do this little segment because I know that two segments ago I spoke about my favorite book which is The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury and initially I wanted to talk more about my favorite book but the more and more I tried the more I realized it would never happen I would never find the words to describe my feelings for it so instead I thought it was more logical to just read the first chapter so sit back and enjoy January 1999, Rocket Summer. One minute, it was Ohio winter. With, the, with doors closed, windows locked, the panes blind with frost, icicles fringing every roof, children skiing on slopes, housewives lumbering like great black bears with their furs along the icy streets. And then a long wave of warmth crossed the small town, a flooding sea of hot air, it seems as if someone had left the bakery door open. The heat pulsed among the cottages and bushes and children. The icicles drops shattering to melt. The doors flew open. The windows flew up. The children worked off their wool clothes. The housewives shed their bare disguises. The snow dissolved and showed last summer's ancient green lawns. Rocket Summer the words passed among the people in the open air, airing houses. Rocket summer. The warm desert air changing the frost patterns on the windows, erasing the artwork. The skis and sleds suddenly useless. The snow falling from the cold sky upon the town turned to a hot rain before it touched the ground. Rocket summer. People leaned from their dripping porches and watched the reddening sky. The rocket lay on the launching field, 
blowing out pink clouds of fire and oven heat. The rocket stood in the cold winter morning, making summer with every breath of its mighty exhaust. The rocket made climates, and summer lay for a brief moment upon the land. And that's it. That's the first chapter. It's the first little short story, and it's sort of just the beginning of like this whole expedition of humans moving to Mars and their whole like I want to say adventure but it's not really an adventure it's sort of like a mix of adventure and tragedy and humanity and the whole process but anyways um, I also wanted to read another quick little paragraph that I really caught my eye um of course there's like so much i want to read but this one really caught my eye it was really interesting and it's sort of something that i believe in personally so i don't know what chapter or page this is on exactly um but i have it written down so here we go they knew how to live with nature and get along with nature they didn't try too hard to be all men and no animal that's the mistake we made when darwin showed up we embraced him and Huxley and Freud, all smiles. And then we discovered that Darwin and our religions didn't mix, or at least we didn't think they did. We were fools. We tried to budge Darwin and Huxley and Freud. They wouldn't move very well. So, like idiots, we tried knocking down religion. We succeeded pretty well. We lost our faith and went around wondering what life was for. If art was no more than a frustrated outflinging of desire, if religion was no more than self-delusion, what good was life? Faith had always given us answer to all things, but it all went down to the drain with Freud and Darwin. We were, and still are, lost people. I think this quote is just what everyone needs to realize. I don't know, I thought it was so beautiful. Like, we lost faith along the way, and now we're sort of looking for a purpose, but we always had it. Um, we just never realized that we can clearly see science and religion. To us, to so many people, it doesn't seem to be a match or the same thing and go hand in hand, but it does. But anyways, that's my own little thoughts and I think Bradbury would agree. But anyways, I hope you all have a great night, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye!